I hear a train a coming. It's rolling round the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and keep, time keeps dragging on. But that train's a rolling on down San Anton. Cash? Johnny Cash, yeah. Cash. <laughs> you, can't, you know what? I must say that Cash, Johnny Cash, he probably has the lead on how many people share their uh, music attract from him, man. Really? You can't go wrong with Cash, man. No. I love Cash, man. Oh. It's simple. It's clean. It's <laughs> Dan, welcome to the construction life, man. Thank you for being here. The show that we make everybody nervous and uncomfortable and uh, they hate being on it. No, man. No, this is us just shooting the shit about the construction industry. And uh, I love that we get a chance to meet so many like-minded trades and people yeah. that care and passionate and proud and uh, want to share and want to pass on and want to inspire other people to come into this industry. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, a few little shout outs to begin with. I'm wearing uh, Shazad's tea, uh, Pinnacle Real Estate from New York. We interviewed him earlier this week and it was a great talk. We put that, that shows out. Everyone can check it out and get an insight from uh, New York Construction. Uh, Long Island. Long Island. I know everyone's a little geographically sensitive. <laughs> uh, Long Island. So, so thank you for the tea. But now I got to thank you for the teas that you brought from Covenant. Yep. Right. And then also you brought me a little a little gift from Chris. Chris McCaskill, man, I just, I love it that he brought me one of those because um, I just told you off mic and I don't have to share it again. <laughs> I don't have the other one and I, and I regret it, but now I'm going to keep this one. It's going to stay here on the table. And so thank you very much for bringing that. You're very welcome. Awesome. So uh, everybody, we're talking to Dan Wall. You work with Covenant, but you have your own business as well too, tiling wise, right? Uh, no, actually everything's through them. Everything's through them now. Yeah. Okay. So that it's a little bit of shifting gears now. It is, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so you're going through Covenant Construction. You're the foreman. Uh, and then it's Dan at CovenantConstruction.ca. And then uh, I guess on Facebook, it's Dan uh, Wall. And then on Instagram, it's Waldo underscore the underscore Tyler. Correct. And then the same thing with uh, uh, Twitter, right? TikTok. TikTok, that's it. Yeah, I know us old guys are all getting on TikTok <laughs> now, eh? So it's the same thing there. So obviously, we are going to talk about tiling, and I want to begin with, I threw the TT Mac logo on. Yep. I bumped it to them at the trade show for KBC Expo. Yep. And, uh, and she told me that you were a rock star there. I tried, yeah. You were, uh, you were one of the few that did extremely well. Yeah, I did it actually this summer. So for a 48-year-old guy going back to school to get a certification for setting tile, did okay they uh no you did better than okay oh, i'm okay. telling you you did really well <laughs> she was and also todd was very very impressed right nice. and and they were very happy about it yeah yeah there was uh, two other guys in there and i was the only one who passed and then a couple weeks later they actually emailed me back and asked if i would come back and then help being an evaluator uh, on future exams so i figured must have done okay because they asked me to come back. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it again. You didn't do okay. You did very, very well. Thank you. No, which is really good. It's, it's a testament to who you are as a tradesperson yeah. uh, because that's not an easy test. No. Like, that's not. That's, I think a lot of guys probably go in there thinking, oh, this is a piece of cake. I can handle this. Uh-uh. This is like legitimate they, the way they set it up, right? Yeah. And I know you reached out and you asked me if Carlito was going to be there and he couldn't make it and... 
uh, you know, Carlito's got a lot of stuff going on right now, so hopefully oh, yeah. he'll, you know, we'll see him again soon. But uh, he wants to do it as well, and I know that Todd and I, and we're talking a bunch of ideas. So there, there might be some, some things going on between TCL and TT Mac, and a bunch of other letters nice. that are going on. So we'll see what happens. But it's all about bettering the industry. That's I'd love all. to get involved. In oh that. no, no, don't worry. The phone calls and the emails will all go out, and and certain things nice. are going to happen, and we're excited about it. And and it's just uh, that's like the mandate. That's like a, a prerequisite about the show. It's just we want to start building that circle, that community, right? That's really, really important, man. So Dan, take us to the very beginning, man. How did all? I mean, you're your fifties, right? So I'm getting close. Yeah. You, you okay? How where are you at right I'm now? I'm at forty eight. Oh, so you're still younger than me, man. <laughs> Everybody's younger Only than me now. Band. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I just act younger, that's all. Um, but I mean, like, how long have you been in the business now? So I grew up in northern BC, and my dad was in construction. So summers and weekends and, and that, I'd be in helping him do all kinds of stuff, build stuff. What was the old man doing? Like uh, uh, Renovations. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so bathrooms, kitchens, main house renovations. Uh, moved to Ontario in, in 2000. And continued on in construction. Um, worked for different people and just pulled nuggets of knowledge out of everyone and, and learned things as I went along. Went on, went on my own for a few year, a couple of years, I guess. Uh, I got burned and said, you know what, I'm going to work for somebody else. And I'm <laughs> never doing that again. Uh, but, of course, that's when you're young and, and you're stupid. You, you didn't have any, any support work like you have to yeah. with Facebook and Instagram and that. It's, it's all different. Different work. time. Different yeah. time, yeah. And then... Uh, I was uh, continued on working for different companies, and I drove past the Covenant Construction Office every day on my way home from work every day. Thought, you know what? I'm going to stop in there and just lay it out on the table and, and see what goes on. So, went in, talked to the lady, and it turned out that the lady was the owner's wife at the time. Didn't know it. Walked Mom in. and pop shop. That's right. Yeah. Uh, went in and said, "Are you hiring?" Hiring? And they said, "Nope, we're not." Okay, well. Can you, can you direct me in, the, in, in regards to um, apprenticeships and how to, how to apply and all this? And so she, she gave me a bunch of stuff, and I said, okay, thank you. Uh, I left my number there, my card, at the time, and, and wasn't expecting anything. And then the, then the next week, I get a call from the, from the supervisor from the office. He goes, can you come in the office? And I want to sit down and talk with you. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I go in, and I didn't have a resume, I wasn't had no expectation of a job, and all I had was a photo album because it was, you know, back in the years. day, back yeah. in the day, 12, 13 years ago. All I had was a photo album, and that was my resume. And I, I, I went through it. it, took me a couple hours to go through it, and I explained everything I did in all those jobs. And he's like, you know what, we got two openings we got an opening for a foreman, and we got an opening for a service guy. Uh, and I said, I'll take the foreman job, but I've got a job on the go. Can you give me a couple weeks to finish it up, wrap it up? So we got. No loose ends, I can work for you. He said, yep, no problem. We'll see you in two weeks. And that was? That was uh, 2012, 2013, 2010 wow. maybe. Yeah, 10 yeah. years ago, huh? Yeah, so I've been there for 12 years, going on 13. I just want all the youngins to understand that he said, I got a job to finish. I don't want to leave on bad terms. I want to finish what I promised, and then I'll start with you guys. Yep. Instead of jumping ship for a quarter. Exactly. Which is the stereotype, I guess, but yep. it's there. But I, I love that you were you took the initiative to actually just show photographs, like to show yes yeah, and explain explain what you did because not necessarily you did everything in there in each uh, of the photos, or did you? I did, yeah. You did. Oh wow! Yeah. So so 
I do tile, but I also do, I do everything. So my specialty is, is bathrooms. So in a bathroom, you've got cabinetry, drywall, tape, mud, paint, trim, tile, uh, flooring, substrates in your showers, like all of that. So I do all of that. Um, it's because you can't put two or three guys or schedule six or seven trades into a room small that's room, 40 square feet. I know, I know. But it takes as much effort to do a, a 40 or 50 square foot bathroom as it does for a 200 square foot kitchen or a 300 square foot, you know, a thousand square foot basement. Yep. It takes all that same amount of prep and effort and, and work. I've said it over and over, man. Uh, a bathroom is the hardest room in the room, in the house. Oh, yeah. I don't care what anybody says if they think a kitchen's harder. I was like, no, it's it's a lot more challenging when you've got such restrictions and so much going on in such restrictions, yeah. right? There's a lot in today's day. There's a lot going on in the shower. There's a lot going on in the vanity. Yep. There's a lot going on everywhere in such a small space, right? Absolutely. I'm not talking about monster bathrooms. We're talking about legitimate, just everyday size. Yeah. What is it? Like typical, maybe what, 50 to 60 square feet. The average one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? So it's just like you've got a lot going on in such a small area. Yeah. So then you gravitated towards Thailand at first. So you, you're basically coming in, I guess, before all the fancy stuff, I guess. I come in, do the demo, uh, get everything prepped. We have our sub-trades come in, do the plumbing and electrical. And then I come back in after them and put it all back together. So I do the shower base, walls, tile, thin set grout. Did you start with mud, dry pack, or did you start with rubber liners? Where'd you start? So I actually started with Weedy. Weedy? Foam, foam bases. Weedy. Okay. And when I st- I'd i been using them before I started with Covenant. And when I started, I, I'd, I went to the foreman, and the, the supervisor, and I said, this is how I do my showers with a Weedy base and Weedy walls. Let me show you how it works and how much time you save. And then if you like it, we'll continue on using it. And if you don't like it, the issue is dropped. I won't see another thing. What were they using before? <coughs> they were using dry pack and some sort of uh, waterproof membrane. Okay. All right. But uh, Weedy at the time is lightweight, easy to install, easy to cut, fully waterproof when it's done properly, and it takes you half a day to a day. Yeah. Dry pack can take you, at that time, could take you three days before you're ready for the tile. So I said... That extra two days that you burn between uh, having it prepped and ready to tile, over the course of a year, how many more bathrooms can you do? Right. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, if I can do you know three or four bathrooms, you know that's that's uh, you know eighty thousand dollars worth of bathrooms. Yeah. On your on your on your scale at the end of the year, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of uh, foreshadowing. I mean, there's a, that's a lot of trying to figure out. It's great that you were thinking that way, right? Because okay. a lot of guys aren't thinking that way. Yeah. They're setting their ways that this is how I've done it for so many years. I'm going to continue doing it the same way. Construction needs to evolve on every little detail in construction. The products evolve. Yeah. So you got to involve with the products. Every day there's new products coming out. You know probably better than most people going to the, the kitchen bath show you yeah. went to this week. There's all kinds of new stuff coming out. It evolves every day, every week. And it's not that we're like dismissing what you've been working on and it works really well it's just like consider it and i've always said it that any company that has like weedy or anybody else that has a good product they're evolving too they're not sitting on their product going okay well product a whatever is working fine we're going to keep it that way no 
they're going to come up with a new version of that product and a better version of that product because it's always, that's why we're at Apple I-14 right now. You exactly. know what I mean? Like it's just, it keeps on evolving and stuff. So construction is the exact same way. has to be that way. Exactly. So you save a lot of time, you start building it from there. And then what were some of the challenges when you first got started in the business? There was a learning cur- when I started in the business itself or working well, for Covenant? It, we're working for Covenant because you're, you're coming into a shop and they've got their way of doing things. And now you want to bring new ideas in. Well, there was a learning curve, obviously. Yeah. Because I had, I had worked on my own and I made all the decisions for myself. But now all of a sudden I have other people that are above me that you got to pass the decision through them first before you decide what to do. Yeah. So there was a learning curve in there. And once we got past the learning curve, it took probably eight, nine months. And once we got past the learning curve, it come to the realization that we're all going in the same direction. You know, how we get there is, is a different thing, you know. Um, and the way that I got to that end result was uh, making sure that the customer was happy, the job was done excellent, um, there was no problems with getting paid on the job. All those added up going, okay, we're all going in the same direction and we all have that same end goal working towards so dan i want to ask you why did you think that way because eight nine months is a long time to look at someone else's entity right yeah and go i'm going to be committing myself to this other business to make their business better so when i started one of the jobs they had me go do was uh, a main floor uh house that was tiled four years before i had started and they had a whole bunch probably what half or two-thirds of the floor tile had popped. They had somebody come in, set all this tile, and they had popped. So um, he was, his warranty had passed. He didn't have to do anything about it. But he looked at it and go, I need you to go over there, check out all the tiles, pull the popped ones out, clean them off, and reset them so that it's done properly. He didn't have to do that. But I figured if he's willing to look after his clients like that he looks after his employees like that as well so it's like a give and take you're you're paying attention to what they're doing and you figure that i should be contributing to that yes instead of just dismissing it and going well that's just a waste of time what's the point let's go find another client at that point yeah it's not that your clients are your lifetime clients they're your it isn't a customer it's a client it's a friend Yeah. yeah and that's what i guess new businesses are having a hard time trying to understand yeah, they do it right the first time, and they'll be a client for life. Yeah, they will. Yeah. So then that, that meant that you started bringing new ideas to Covenant. You started suggesting new ideas, and they were receptive too, right? Yes, that, and also on my own, I had hit a plateau that I couldn't, I couldn't break through. And so when I started with them, there was, it gave me the freedom to uh, do bigger jobs and do uh, jobs that were worth a, a, a larger dollar amount as well. So, so when you're saying plateau, you're talking a financial plateau or skills level plateau or both, both. Okay. Yeah. So when I started with them, all of a sudden that financial plateau, they had a bigger budget to work with. Clients had a bigger budget to work with. And it wasn't just a three by five shower. It was a walk-in shower that was eight foot by nine foot with floor to ceiling glass and, and, you know, freestanding tub. And it pushed, it pushed my limit past what I had originally been able to do. But it gave me that challenge to work towards and figure out. Did it bring you back to an uncomfortable 
disposition in you that you remembered from early on in the early days? To a certain degree, yeah. Yeah? Because yeah. it should do that. Yeah, you want to, that's how you get pushed through. That's how you break through that ceiling. Yes. Right? And I, I just think that if it doesn't, it's always kind of funny. When I got started in the business, I was always scared shitless internally, but I always had that running joke that you learn, like, just say yes. You know how to do it. You have no idea how to do it, yeah. but you know how to do it. <laughs> and then you walk away confidently. The client feels confident, and then yeah. you walk away and go, holy crap, I got to figure out how to do this now. Yeah. Now you figure out how to do it. And then guess what? You pull it off and you do it. I mean, the tile work that we do in our first years can't compare to the tile work that we do in our 10th year, year, right? No. It's like you keep pushing yourself. You're supposed to keep pushing yourself. Yeah. So the, the, uh, one of the first herringbone jobs yeah. I did, <laughs> which is a pain in the ass, right? Uh, it was actually for a, a shower display for the shop. Okay. So I'd, I'd, it took some time to figure out and get it all laid out and, and find my centers and work around and all that. So it was in the shop probably five years now. And they moved it this last week. And so it's on wheels. It's a three-by-five uh, Flurco shower base with a herringbone tile with a shelf in it and shower doors, glass doors. Last week, they're moving it from the old shop to the new shop, and the movers drop it. Okay. Glass is shattered. Gone. Glass is gone. No cracks in the grout. No cracks in the tile. It is solid as a rock. You could, it's I'm bulletproof. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how did you feel? I felt proud because I did something that I know is like, yeah, it didn't break. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't crack. Nothing. They're still upset at the glass, but yeah. then they're not upset about everything else, right? Yeah. Which is even more work. Glass replacing glass is pretty, relatively speaking. Yeah, easy. it was. It was a shower kit, but it was yeah. But to know that the, the work that I did stayed where it was supposed to be, which is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. And that shower display, that was also weedy that you did that on as well, too? Actually, that was Laticrete. Okay, Laticrete. Yeah. So Everybody's got great products, man. Like, and, yeah. and I've always said, listen, as a tile installer, you figure out what you like. Yeah. And then make sure that you install it properly, you work it properly, you inst everything's proper. It will last, man. Oh, yeah. As simple as that. It will last. Yeah. We've gone over, we've moved all our, all our uh, shower systems to Laticrete because then you have the, the shower base, the shower walls, the thin set the grout, the lattice cell. So it's all, it's all one system. So if you ever have a problem with a shower or any, anything that you're working with, then everything is the same product and you run it through, through Laticrete and they're excellent to deal with. I'm just curious, did you, when did you guys switch from Weedy over to Laticrete? Probably five, six years ago. Okay. Something like that, yeah. All right. Because yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about the Laticrete one as well too, right? Yeah. So easy, easy to work with products. Customer service is great. Um, if you if you've got a problem, um, Laticrete has it's called Inside Track on Facebook. You post your your problem there, and the the not the owner, but the you know the second or third highest up in the ranks, um, Ron Nash. He'll reach out to you specifically. Wow. So even though he's he's way up on the food chain, he still makes the time. He still makes the time to talk to. And you. And it's him, right? It's not some social media expert Correct. quotations, right? Yeah. It's him. Yeah. And he's got, he's such a wealth of knowledge. Of course. Yeah. And, and for him, he started in the, in, in the ranks at the bottom, you know, teaching people and selling the product and he's worked his way up from doing all of it. He's been there. He's been there. He knows all so of it. So he understands it. Yeah. Are you finding that a lot more clients are still staying within those, I guess I wouldn't call them restrictions, but sizes for showers and 
like w- w- as much as we want to, I know that a lot of these brands are designing three by three, four by four, uh, 32 by 60, these magic numbers, right? Yeah. I keep bumping into clients that don't know what magic is and they want <laughs> a specific size. You know what I mean? So now you're kind of forced to either make a foam tray work or you go right back to dry pack, right? Usually we can make a foam, foam tray work. We can downs- we can make it, we downsize it or, or work it around yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So, and then, uh, uh, so what other things do you handle with Covenant as well, too? Because, I mean, you've got a team underneath you, even though you've got management above you. Actually, I work alone. You work alone? I do. <laughs> you like working alone? It works. Really? Yeah. Do you start talking to people on your own, like imaginary friends? Because that's what I hated when I was working alone, man. I would make up imaginary friends. I'd pretend that there's other tradespeople there. And then it's like me. I'm having a conversation <laughs> with me. You put on the electrical hat. You put on the plumber's hat. You put on everything. You're talking to yourself at that point. <laughs> Drove me crazy. I, I listen to podcasts on my uh, <laughs> so I listen to you all day. <laughs> but we're just talking crap. That's all. I know. We were, I know. We're, we're it's like, background we're, noise. We're in the same background. That's all it is, man. We're yeah. in the same boat. I, I I can't do it by myself. I actually I loved it when the job started getting bigger and I had to get more people and I had more people to talk to and and shit like that. Right. I love that. Well, it's it's hard to f- it's hard to fit in two or three people in a space that's fifty or sixty. It's true. It's so true. If I need a hand hanging some drywall in the ceiling. I'll get uh, some help for a couple hours, whatever, to do it. But for the most part, it's I work by myself. There's not a lot of space to work, and it works. What are clients asking for these days, man? I'm always curious about trends and what's going on here in Toronto area or Ontario. So, so we have two in-house designers that uh, help with all the projects. So they do drawings and, and design work and everything else. Uh, f- for the most part, it's standard. Um, it's either subway, uh, two foot by two foot tile, two foot by four. Um, the one I'm working on now, it's uh, one by three in the staggered pattern. Uh, I'd like to get into more of the thin gauge panel porcelain tiles, just the, the bigger panels. On site, cutting them and everything? Yeah, I'd like to get into that. Have you set it yourself up with all the accoutrement uh, that you need for that <laughs> whole world, which is really expensive stuff, man. It is. But it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, the gear, the equipment, the tools, and then setting up. And yeah. you own so much geography on the job site to, to, you know, basically handle these slabs, right? Yes. Plus, yeah. you take the responsibility. Yes. So, I'd like to get into it, and they're they're starting to get into it, but they they probably hire out to have it installed to begin with. Um, but if you if you follow uh, Tile Nation down in, in, on Facebook, he's yeah. got a he he runs Tile Money and Tile Nation. Luke Miller, and he has a course down in the states that's five days long, and they teach you how to how to how to cut thin gauge porcelain panels, how to install it, uh, depending on which system you usually use. It they have a weedy setup, laticrete setup, uh, Ardex setup, uh, Schluter setup, so, so you understand how it's prepped and how to install the panels. But they also teach you how to uh, cut it, how to price the jobs. How to sell the job, so it's the business end of it as well as well as the clever side of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's clever. Yeah. Do they teach you that you'll own that slab if you break it? That's where the pricing comes in. <laughs> I mean, a slab could run yeah. anywhere from whatever six hundred to six thousand or whatever yeah. it is, right? Which is which is part of the beauty of it is you go down there. If you break a slab, you understand what happens, but it's not your slab that you got to take out of your pocket. Yeah. To, to place i think are, are clients asking for too much of this stuff not yet not yet 
Not yet. I, I haven't had any people asking for the, the larger panels yet. The biggest I put in is probably four foot by four foot. It's funny you say that because a lot of the younger guys that I know, as far as I know, none of them have taken courses. They just dove right in. Yeah. Bought the gear that they needed, right? The proper tools, whether you pick your brand that's attached to that tool. Yeah. And then they just started doing it. And, and I'm like, well, how'd you guys, well, we just... We started it. That's it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's very risky because when you it's, get suppliers show up, they never carry that stuff onto the job site. They drop it at the job site. And now you've got it. I mean, I know one guy in particular, he just he's currently finishing up a job right now where 30 of those slabs were delivered. 36 mil, 5 by 10, oh. porcelain. Didn't break any. That's went good. one by one and and basically broke it all down and then had the conversations with the designer and the homeowners and figured out what belongs to what and organized everything. He became like the best, you know, manager of organizing everything. Yeah. But there's a lot of stress. I mean, there's probably, you know, he's going through all kinds of deodorant while he's like going through this. Yeah. Because he's got two other guys that's working with him for him. Yeah. And one bad move. You break some butt. Yeah. Then you got to order it again and have it delivered again and all this other stuff. And it's all yeah. on you now as a business owner. Yeah. I guess maybe the flip side is they think that they're the quarterback and they just throw a perfect pass and everything's great yeah. and nothing goes wrong. But we're in construction. <laughs> Shit right. goes wrong. Right? Every day. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, a, it's a, I, I, I respect the guys and the girls that have taken it to the next level and yeah. doing all this stuff. But there is a lot of risk attached to those slabs and custom and doing all that stuff, man. Yeah. Take the time. Go take a course. It's it's nothing against you to learn, uh, but it sh it it shows that you're willing to put the effort into it to get the effort out of it. Yes, yeah. But I must. I guess when I go back, and I'm not trying to dig at clients all the time. I think there should be a premium attached to this. Oh, there is. I think basically what you've done is you've asked your tile installer to now be your stone fabricator. Yes. And. They have no problem going in and picking a certain kind of natural stone for the kitchen top or a backsplash and paying the same amount, if not more, to fabricate that and then install it. But they have a problem asking the tile installer or paying the tile installer <laughs> that same price to the fabricator. But technically speaking, the tile installer is doing the exact same thing the fabricator is doing. Absolutely. They're just doing it on site. Yes. So they should be compensated the same way. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. But it's always a disagreement with the client because they, they think, well, you're already here. It's not really like fabrication. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. It, it, it ticks off the exact same things, man. Same steps. Everything's the same. Yep. It's actually even riskier. If you speak to any stone manufacturer, fabricator, um, it's riskier because it's a thinner. Yep. It's more risk. There's glass, the edging. Yep. Like, and you know, like there's no forgiveness. You can't fix it with epoxy. You can't fix it. To, there's a certain extent, right? Yeah. If it's natural stone, you can fix a bunch of stuff. But when it comes to porcelains, you, it's not easy to fix at all. No, it's a one-time shot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to ask you your tools, man. What are you guys running? So, I'm actually a, um, a little bit of everything. Uh, my everyday drills and saws are Dewalt. Um, I've got a Festool vacuum with track saw. Do you have the new Dewalt tile saw? Uh, no, actually, it's a twenty-six hundred. I actually use a clicker a lot, so I all my all my clickers are monolith. So I got a four foot monolith clicker. The most amazing sound is to hear that go scratch across a four <laughs> foot piece, and you click it at the end, and it just you watch four feet of tile just go snap. Boop. Yeah, beautiful. It's it's 
beautiful. I know. <laughs> I've seen a six foot. That's just too big, man. It is. There is no reason to have that. Yeah. Like, that's just, I don't know. It's huge, man. But Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're running so DeWalt. Grinder-wise, you uh, Makita, of course, right? I Actually, DeWalt. I DeWalt? You're I using do. DeWalt? Does DeWalt have a variable grinder? No. That's so why. That's on my list. Dan, throw it out, man. I'm sorry, but just throw it out. I mean, the, 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 like you need variable, man. That's a yeah. fact. Any tile person will tell you that, right? Yep. How so, do you do it then? Carefully. <laughs> do you grind as you hold the trigger and let it slow down a little bit? Or are you kind of manually, right? Like, kind yeah. of manually making it work, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that must be painful, man. That must be so painful. So, uh, DeWalt, um, Monolith. All my tile, most of my tile tours are Monolith or Ruby. Um, my chop saw is a Makita. Best tool I have, uh, vacuum, sander, drywall sander. Uh, Plain X. Yeah, Plain X, the original Plain X. Um, yeah, we don't need the one with the Fast and Furious lights on it, man. No, no. There's no, it's nice, it's cute. Yeah. And then Dominic my, can keep it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then my drywall tools are level five, um, Nella. Yes. And Columbia taping tools. So they're, 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 they're so beautiful to hang on to brand new. Oh, yeah. Like they're oh, so yeah. beautiful to hang on to brand new. They're just, and then you use them for the first time, then you clean them and you're like, oh, they're still brand new. Yeah. <laughs> I, pick, I picked up a, a 12 inch Nella with a, the super fine blade on it. The finishing blade. Yeah. Over at, uh, I can cut Harvard. you, man. Oh, it just, it's so smooth on the wall. It's just amazing. Uh, are they, uh, Saga selling them or no? Yeah, I think Mrs. Agus having selling them. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, I haven't picked one up in a while, so yeah, I don't need but they it. They got a nice it. cork handle, so it's easy to hold on to. It's not the old wood. Nellas, <laughs> are am I wrong? Are they Italian? They're UK. They're UK. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. All right, okay. Yeah. I thought they were Italian. Which one's Italian? I don't know. There's one that's Italian, but I don't remember. Why am I thinking that they're pink handled and they're Italian? I don't know. I don't know. I might be. Someone's gonna send me a message yeah. and say you're a fucking idiot. Like it's just this is what it is. This or this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me do a little history of construction here, okay. man. You know the segments. You know the, what that's going on here on this show. Different types of tile patterns, man. Uh, tiles of the same size and shape. Brick, running, bond, and subway. Of course, that's always the go-to. Right. Stacked. Yep. Corridor stacked. I don't know what corridor stacked is. What's corridor stacked? I don't know. I don't know. Chevron, we know. I've always had the argument with the Americans, Chevron Spine, Herringbone, whatever. Yeah. Uh, basket Weave, that's always a good one. Herringbone, yeah. here it is. Straight Herringbone and 90-degree Herringbone. Yep. I guess that's why, so if you get the designers are thinking a little contemporary, they want to go straight Herringbone. Yes. It just adds a little, makes it a little bit newer instead of a, a traditional. A little easier to install, too. Instead of the bias four five, that is true. <laughs> uh, diamond pattern, checkerboard pattern, Old English. What's Old English? I don't know. I don't know that one either. Tiles of different sizes and or shapes. Hopscotch corridor, windmill, pinwheel, divisible, and dashed. I don't know any of those except for the hopscotch. Yeah, I don't know either. I know different sizes. Okay. Always work out. I don't know. That's a little bit of history there. Nice. How is Chris? Chris is good? He is, yeah. McCaskill? Yeah. He's been busy? He's been very busy. He's been setting up a new shop. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. Is he getting new toys? I don't think so. I think he's brought all his old toys to the new shop. and he's got There's no toys. reason to get new toys if the old toys are still working really well. Yeah. He's got a 3x9 CNC machine that um, he uses for doing different things. But, yeah. 3 foot by 9 He could fit a 9-foot piece of something inside there? Yep. 
That must have cost a pretty penny. It's he's had it for like twenty years. Okay, so it was cheap then. Well, no, well, it was a pretty penny back then. It was a pretty penny. It would have yeah. been an extremely pretty penny back then. Yes. Today it's probably going to be ludicrous, man. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've seen a three by nine. So I mean, I've seen the water jets. Yeah. That's about it. But a CNC, no, I haven't seen one that big before. It was a custom machine when he bought it, probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Are you buying any tools this year? I don't know. I haven't. Have you? I, I mean, we're at the end of the year now, basically. Just the odd hand tool. Nothing, nothing expensive, yeah. Dan, you need to get a Makita variable grinder. <laughs> I would, but the problem is, is that none of my, none of my tools are, are Makitas. <laughs> no, no, corded. I'm talking okay. corded. Okay, corded. Oh, is that okay. why you like the DeWalt one? Because it's cordless? Yes. Still heavy, man, with that stupid battery on it. I got a, usually it's a four or five amp hour battery, so it's not too bad. We're old enough to know that cord is fine. Like, we don't have to, <laughs> I, I still, I if I had a choice, I would still grab a tool that's corded over a cordless tool. Oh, I take all my cordless tools. Really, huh? Yeah, it's less trip hazards on a, on a job site. Keeps me alert. <laughs> on the job site, keeps me alert. You see all the snakes on the floor, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, which one can I trip on? Yeah. No, I know you're saying, but just I find that the battery world is just, the tool is heavier. Yeah. Doesn't matter what brand it is, the tool is heavier with a battery on it. And then you get Milwaukee with their bricks, and you get DeWalt with their bricks, and yeah. you add it to the tool, and all of a sudden it becomes extremely heavy. And maybe the guy, young guys are trying to show off, oh, it's not that heavy, it's easy. No, no, it's fucking heavy, man. It is. I, I, I see the, the advantages of the corded versus cordless and all this. I see that, but I don't know, man. I, if there's power on site, cord it, plug it. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you don't have as much space for power tools. True. You may only have one or two plugs that you can access. True. you got to pull a cord, extension cord uh, off. And you, then you, <laughs> you get the spider yeah. and with the trip on it, and then you tape the trip on, or you get a clamp and you hold the breaker on it. I just screwed it. You in. just keep on going. It doesn't matter. And then if it keeps on tripping, you call the electrician and give me a bit of breaker. And That's right. Just basically break all the rules against it instead of getting a battery tool. That's right. all. So. <laughs> Um, I, I, how was, I want you to describe, I guess, briefly, how was that experience at TT Mac there? Was it, I know you were gung ho about it, man. And then you did really well. Not okay. You did really well. That's good to know. Yeah. I was, I was actually excited. So obviously I've been doing tile for a long time and I was, I wanted to get my certificate, my CCTI, my certification so that I had it. And I had posted, I had reposted the TT Max. Post about the exam on on this summer. They've got one more coming yes. next week or the week after, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think it's next week. Yeah. We had one a couple of weeks back as yep. well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. I, I I told my boss. I said, I've got this booked. I'm taking a day off. I'm not going to be in that day. I'm going to Toronto. This is what I'm doing. He's like, great. Go ahead and do it. So he was very supportive of that. And uh, I. So part of it is you got to do a an online section first you pass that and then you get invited to do the in-person section as well so passed the online stuff and got invited to do the in-person stuff and and went in and i walked in i you know i do this every day i'm i'm doing bathrooms so i've got my clicker on one side my grinders on one side my bucket my pails my mixer all that set up like every day i do it uh walked in and i just set up like i would for any other job and the other guys that came in, they they had no no tools, didn't have a clicker. Uh, they ended up. Did they not know that 
they had to show up with they didn't know they did but they didn't really have any tools to work with like you're not allowed a wet saw but you can use a clicker and a grinder to do all your all your stuff so can you share what because i mean there's a clock there is a clock right? six hour clock six hour clock right and then can you share I don't want to give up too much of it because then, you know, you're basically spooning feeding trades. I want to go do it. But can you share basically what you have to do? What's the objective here? So, so what it is is a, a three foot by three foot by three foot cube. Two sides are gone, but there's a curb on the one side. And what you have to do, and there's a niche on, on yes. the wall that is not on the curb. Yes. So you have to tile. And, and the height is not three foot. It's actually less. So you got to figure out in your head how to run your tiles. Starting line and everything. Starting line. Yeah. You don't have to do the floor, but you have to do the, the, the wall with the curb in it, and you have to do the curb, and you have to do the wall with the niche in it. And you have Schluter to wrap all your corners, including your niche, including your curb, so it's all finished. Um, and because your height, is, your height and your depth are not even numbers, you've got to figure out beforehand how you're going to work it all out if your, cut, if your cuts are going to be on the top or if your cuts are going to be on the bottom. So when I did it, I, I, I did my layout like I would at any job site. I laid out my tiles on the floor with my spacers in between to figure out what the height was yep. and then work from there. And I wanted to make sure I had a, a finished edge on the top and on the outside edges because that's where my schluter is going to go against and it's going to look clean. They're not asking for tile edge or mitering? They are asking for tile edge. You have to... Tile edge it with all Schluter. Okay. So the curb, the niche, the top, the sides. Tile edge. Tile edge. Okay, yeah. cool. So you got to, you have to tile all of that. You have, uh, I think it's a three and a half hour window in the morning, and then you got two and a half hours in the afternoon to, to finish it up. You don't have to grout it, but you got to have it all put together. Um, so you mix your thin set, you do your, figure out your layout, where your corners are going to be. Um, they supply you with uh, 12 by 24 tile, which is not really 12 by 24 because it's, uh, it's always metric. So it's 60 mils, you know, 30 by 60 mils. And a lot of designers, they don't understand that yet, but they're learning. Mm. <laughs> they need to buy a tape measure. Yes. <laughs> so uh, figure out your layout. Your, you can lay it out however you want to lay it out. Um, so I just did uh, full tiles on my outside edges. So I had my schluter against a finished edge. I did my layout from top to bottom. So I had my cut uh, cut edge on the bottom so I had a finished edge on the top and then when I got to the niche uh, I just carried my tile into the niche cut it out carried it into the niche and on the side pieces what I did was I did a, uh, a full tile height but there was a there was a grout joint in that space yep. so what I did was I put a false grout joint in it okay cut a false grout joint in it so that when you're visually looking at it it's all, it all, lines, it all up. lines up. Yeah, it all lines up nicely. But it takes the, the effort of cutting little tiles to put in to make everything look pretty. Yeah. And then, um, you know, tile your, your curb. The niche, or not the niche, but the, the Schluter. I have an old DeWalt chop saw, or sorry, not DeWalt, Delta chop saw with a, a metal blade on it. And I've got a jig set up for cutting that holds my metal in place I go up again so it doesn't kick back on you. Yep. I cut all my corners on 45, did a nice clean finish into it, and then did it like I do every day, is back butter the tile and scratch the walls, 
and put it on. And just. And you're assessed on all of that. Yes. Yes. So th- you've probably seen my pictures online of, yep. of what I've done. The the other two that that did theirs, one they did a full tile in the back of the niche. Okay. So did so the the way it's laid out, you end up having a, a grout line that runs through the middle of the niche. So you obviously continue the grout line. I continue, the and they line. didn't. They didn't. They just put a you know easy way out. But that you hurts you when you're being assessed, right? It does, yeah. Because in real life, we wouldn't put a full tile in the back of the niche. No, no, exactly. Okay. It's yeah. This is like you would in anybody else's house. Exactly. Right. So all the experience that I've had, I walked in and uh, I put on my headphones, turned my music on, and I just went to work and knocked it out of the park. Wouldn't it be funny if you actually had someone talking on your headphones telling you what to do? <laughs> Walking you through it? Yeah. Okay, okay. I wonder if they this. thought about that. If they thought, wait a minute, this guy could be cheating, man. Well, not really because he no. still has to do the work, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. even if he had a voice coach or there just telling him, it'd probably be distracting. Eh? Get out yeah. of my head. Get out of my yeah. head. No, so I wanted to ask you, so the uh, how many other people were there doing at the test? There was three altogether. So myself three. and two other guys. So the other, yeah, so the other two didn't pass. No. And... Um, what did they do wrong outside of the full tile on the back of the niche? Um, finish the job because you're, you're on a time constraint. You have you to finish have it. You have to finish it. It's got to be 100% complete. Yes. Um, that and just little stuff that the detail stuff. So, you know, having proper thinset on your tiles, making sure it looks clean. You know, your cuts, is it leveled? Are, you, are your tiles, you know, you can't have two square pieces of, of tileage but up against each other. You got a 45 and make them look clean, make them yep. look nice. Yeah. You know, little things like that, that just, it, it makes or breaks a job. And it, it, in an exam, that's what it does. It makes or breaks you. Is six hours enough? Yes. Okay. Because I know that when we had Todd on TT Mac, we were talking about, it, he was bringing it up and Carlito was super excited about it as he yeah. would like, you know, go for out of a hole, you know, and just, yeah. let's go do it. I was like thinking, I don't know if six hours is enough. I, I, for me, I wouldn't be able to pass. I tell you that right now because I take, listen, I'm the only one that passed my architecture class in high school uh, because I always stared at my drawing and I always try to figure out things before I actually did it. And I, you know, I calculated it in my head. I took yeah. longer, but I was the only one who finished in that whole class, right? But I know that there's a time constraint here. There and, is. And that's when it comes to construction. For me personally, I don't like the time constraint. But you're, it's the valid point, and I know Todd brought it up, and it makes a lot of sense that if you are a professional and you are doing an exam, that you should be factoring in time because time is money. Time management. Right? It's, yep. That's why it's important. So I do agree with him on that, right? So I'm just saying that I probably would not pass that exam. You can do it. You could do it. No, <laughs> maybe maybe ten years ago when I was getting started and I was hungry and I was go, like go 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 go. I probably would have pulled it off, but I would have just been like, I need this, I need this, I need this. But it was smart that you brought everything and you already well, you thought about what you were going to tackle. Yes. Beforehand. Yeah. You weren't surprised that this is what you're going to be tiling today. Exactly. This is real world. You know ahead of time what you're tiling. So, you know, the week before in my mind I was going, okay, how am I going to lay this out? There was some minor variations between what was actually on the exam to what I was thinking was going to be on the exam. And it's just, if, if you do it on a regular basis, it's the same thing you do every day. It's just on a smaller scale with a time constraint. It's a good test. It is. It's a really good test to find out where you are as a tile installer. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I know that they have one more this year, and then they're planning, they're still scheduling what's going to happen for next year. But I love yeah. that they're expanding it. Um, That's good. And, and there's going to be more, and then uh, we want to see more of the, uh, the trades coming out there and doing That'd it. That'd be great. Because the certification is big. I know they have it down in the States, yep. and they're slowly trying to bring it up here and now in Canada. And it does. I think, it, personally, it speaks volume for you as a tile installer to present it to either a client or to a, an employer. Oh, yeah. And you're going to do work. It speaks huge, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem that, I've, that I see is that there's not enough education to, to get people to that point. Like, it, it isn't in schools. That's the tile industry, though. Yeah. This has the, been the biggest beef. You either are... Um, raised in it and then you are the kid who shows up uh under child labor laws and you're cleaning buckets and moving material for your old man uncle or whatever or you accidentally find yourself in it and you slowly learn and it takes you a little while but you might also be learning from the wrong people there is no school when it comes to trade for for that trade there is no school no so so in in order to get anybody into it you have to know somebody to get into it or, or you know, try to seek them out to, to get into it. It's, yeah. it's very hard, yeah. I know just before we got started on Mike, we were talking about little aches and pains and creaks. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're not a young guy. You're a young guy, but you're not a young guy. And, and I'm still dumbfounded that a lot of the younger trades, the tile trades, are uh, complaining about, you know, knees, backs, and all these little problems. And they're in their 20s. And I'm like, if you think you have problems now... <laughs> Right, so yeah. like, what are you doing to kind of prevent all that? To kind of keep your body use good knee pads. Spend the money on a set of pro knees, knee pads. Buy the best you can today. Change them, swap them out as yep. often as possible. Well, the pro knees are are very well built. Um, you can you can change up the interior the odd time that you need to, but they're well built, so they last you a long time and they do exactly what they're supposed to do. Do they dig at the back of the le- the leg? Uh, no, but they're the they're the longer ones. Yeah. They go from from your ankle almost to above your knee, so it covers that whole that whole bottom of your leg. Nice. Yeah. Are they expensive? I don't have them. Uh, depends. But then, you know it depends. what? Yeah, it's relevant. <laughs> How, like when I first got my motorcycle, yeah. first helmet I ever bought was fifteen hundred dollars. I so thought my head's worth fifteen hundred dollars. Exactly. So how how valuable is your are your knees? They're like two hundred bucks. Yeah. So I mean, it's worth it. Oh yeah, definitely. Right? Worth it, yeah. So I mean, you're spending all kinds of. Well, you got to still it's buy a Makita variable, man. <laughs> <laughs> I stop a Mississauga on my way home today. <laughs> no, I'm just. I, I think you're the only tile installer I know that does not have a Makita variable, man. I think every other tile installer I've ever spoken to or met has one. I'm the odd person. I even I have one, and I'm not a Makita guy, and I have one. Accorded, but I have one. I get it, man. <laughs> oh, man. So to where, where do you think tile industry is going to go from here, man? I see a large, I see the, the large panel porcelain coming in. It's, it's big in the States. It's coming this way, and it's, it's going to come into Canada. Have you been asked to do any glass stuff? Glass tile? Well, glass panel, large paneling. Let's, I mean, I've seen some of that come in. I mean, technically speaking, porcelain, 6 mil, 12 mil, whatever, yeah. is glass because the face of it is glass. Right, so nothing too big like that. Usually, it's like I said, the biggest I've done is about four foot by four foot. I did do actually um, probably a six mil porcelain panel front porch a few years back, but they ended up cutting it up in little pieces. So you, what was the point? Yeah, what was the point of it? Yeah. Ah, 
I, I actually am. I'm, I'm seeing that from like Deluso Tile just did a bunch of exterior slabs. Yeah. Very impressive stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I'm seeing a lot more of the tile going outside, which is great, but it has to be done a certain way because of Mother Nature here in Canada, right? Yeah. So you got to abide by the rules Yes. at that point, right? I was thinking more like, how do we get... Uh, I, I'm still respectful of these young guys getting into the trade, getting into tile trade, because it is one of the harder ones. But how do we get more of them coming in here? And, it, and the funny thing is that you'll find one good, amazing apple, and then he is always having a hard time trying to find other apples to work with him. Yeah. Right? I think what it is, is the beauty of it. Because when you're doing a, when I'm doing a shower, uh, I look at symmetry, balance left and right, top to bottom, lines follow through between the walls and the floor all the way through. And there's a, there's a beauty to it. Um, and if you get people that are, very focused on that or very uh, inspirational like like art or like creating things that's where that's that's what you're doing is you're creating works of art one-offs that has your signature on it this is my work i agree this is what it looks like and to take pride in that and know that you know it's tile is a uh, luxury it's not designed to last 10 years. It's designed to last 50, 60, 80, 1,000 years. I agree. And if you do something that's beautiful and it lasts that long, your signature's on it for that long. Yeah. You take pride in that. And finding, those, finding the people that have that, understand that, um, is what you're looking for. It's hard, though, Dan. It is. <laughs> Like, um, I don't know, is it the money so much? Because I, I'm still hearing that a lot of these younger guys are paying good money for helpers. Yeah. Uh, and then the helpers are hungry to learn the lessons. Yeah. And then there's the double edge where the employer is concerned that the helper is going to get all these lessons and take off and work for somebody else or build their own business and go from there. Yeah. Or they're concerned that they don't really care that much about it, so then their business is being affected by it. The thing with that is that you, you, your options are you pay your guys enough that they want to stay. Yeah. And you teach them enough that if they leave, they're not your competition. They're your partners. So when you get into a pinch, they can help you. And when you get into a pinch, they can, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street. We did that on a job. It was great. Like I had old me, the tile guy. Yep. He brought in Clint, the tile technician. And he brought in... Um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, part, uh, Pardeep? I can't remember his name. But he brought him in, and we had three, I would say, first-string tile installers on one job site. Yeah. And I was like, I like this. This oh, is yeah. really, really good, because each of them had their own bathroom, and each of them was handling everything. I liked that at the, the site visit, and we started the whole scope. There was a big meeting and we're talking about who's doing what and how to handle it. And there was enough confidence in each other. You go to that room and you play. You go to that room and you play. And I'll go to this room, I'll play. And then if I ever need it, you can come over and give me a hand. I can come over and give you a hand. Yeah. And the work was perfect. The work was immaculate, man. And it's like, uh, it would be nice to see more tile installers do that to kind of share. Yeah. And if you're, if you're working together like that, if you have a question or you're, you're questioning yourself, you go, hey... Can I get a second opinion? Come take a look at this. Yeah. And then, then it's either gonna it's gonna be like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. 
doing it option B way where it's like, yeah, that's good. You're doing great. It's funny. Timber framers do that all the time. <laughs> they're always letting other people make sure that their marks are correct and everything's correct. Or if yeah. they've got a question, they'll answer it. They'll help yeah. out. They'll contribute. But I guess they're the only trade that really does that. Plumbers and electricians stay in their own sandbox. <laughs> HVAC sometimes stay in their own sandbox. Uh, I think it's Finnish carpentry. Finnish carpentry likes to have conversations with tile installers and vice versa. Yep. Because the tile installer always wants to do trim at their work, at their house, and then the trim carpenter wants to do tile at their house. Yep. That's why they're asking the questions back and forth, right? But I find that, yeah, if, if tile installers actually did that, if they shared. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's enough work for everybody. Yeah. So there's... What's the problem with sharing what works for you and what doesn't work for you? Because then, then they don't have to make that mistake first. They've already gone past that mistake. You, you've given them the better way to do it. They don't have to make that mistake and they move on to the next, the next step. In the test, just one more question about the TT Mac test. No clips, right? No clips. So it was all just by touch. Yep. And that was also part of the assessment. Yes. Lip pitch. Yep. Wow. Did they give you a mark? I'm just curious what your mark was. They never gave me a mark, so I don't know what I got. That's oh, so why I was curious to, to know how I did. They didn't tell me. They didn't oh, okay. tell me the mark. So I just I assume if you pass, and that means you. Just, I guess there's a certain uh, threshold, right? I think it's eighty percent that you gotta have to oh, pass. Look at that, that, eh? It's like yeah. the Top Gun of Thailand, man. That's what it becomes. <laughs> I love. No, I, I I think it's brilliant, and I, I want them to do more of it, and I want more tile guys to, and girls to go out there to do it to try it out. Yeah. And but go in. I think these other two, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't know who they were or whatever. I think they didn't take it seriously. I thought they, they probably thought it was easy. Well, though, so that's true because the one guy, he goes, oh, my boss just sent me over here this morning to do this. I'm like, really? So his boss not happy. His boss, he didn't pass, and his boss is probably not happy, no. Yeah, because he didn't get the certificate, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's, yeah. It was a shame. I mean, I, I really yeah. hope that Carlito actually gets a part of it or does a part of it. Or he'd be a good instructor there. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be a good instructor. Let me take that back. Um, I think he might just throw you out of the way and then he'll start doing it himself and then that's not the purpose of instructing, right? You gotta have patience to instruct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me let me talk a little bit of OBC here, man. Uh masonry mortar. Okay. Masonry mortar. Lime used in mortar must be hydrated, of course. Lime putty must be made either by soaking quick lime in water for at least 24 hours or soaking hydrated lime in water for at least 12 hours. This is all kind of construction masonry stuff. <laughs> it works. It's all information. If mortar or grout does not contain a self-controlled admixture, it must be and set within 1.5 hours of mixing uh, the air temperature 25. Yeah, nobody's using epoxy, eh? For setting or for no, grouting? grouting? Yeah. You're still using epoxy? Yes. Really? Yes. You're, well, this must be a DeWalt anomaly because, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I, I'm big on epoxy. So with, with Laticrete, they have a, a couple of different variations of, of epoxy grout. Okay. Okay. Uh, Spectralock 1 is a pre-made, pre-mixed. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Grout, but it has the, the, the properties of an epoxy grout. The, but you you can also get the two part two part part epoxy grout as well for doing say pebbles or, or setting yep. different tiles depending on how small they are yeah or how delicate they are I guess I should say so yeah the, 
Epoxy is still used. But most guys are not, like most of the younger guys are not, because I yeah. think they may have tried it once and realized, and, and I, it's a lot of work. Well, the Laticrete stuff, yes, the Laticrete stuff's easy to work with. It washes okay. off nice, and that, that's what that's what draws us to Laticrete as well, is because it's, it's easy to, products are easy to work with. Darker colors stay dark? Yeah. Okay, because that's the biggest problem in the very beginning, right? The other thing that Laticrete has is, um, we're talking about safety uh, with all this. And they have two, because California is the yeah, they're, pushing uh, everything. Yeah. So Laticrete's made two thin sets that have no silica sand in them. It's like flour. And when you mix it, it's like, it's like marshmallow fluff. But the weight is half the weight. Okay, so it's going to cost you less to ship it. You still get the same amount of product, and you still get the seals. So a 50-pound bag is not 50 pounds? It's, it's like 30 pounds, 25, 30 pounds. But you still get the same coverage. Is it modified? Is there glue in it? There is, yeah. It's, it looks like flour, and when you mix it up, it's like, it's like marshmallow fluff. It's, it's I've never tried And is it good? You like it? Oh, yeah, it's good. Workability, trowel, and everything, yeah. it's good? Yep. It sticks like, oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. And there's no sand in it at all? No sand. I've never heard. I got to check it out. Yeah. If mortar or ground contains a set control admixture, it must be manufactured off site in a batching plant and must be used and set within the time stipulated by the manufacturer. Mortar for glass blocks. Ah, look, we're going back to the 80s. <laughs> uh type s more portland cement lime yes type n only if protected from the exterior you know it's some a lot of the tile guys still like when they do exterior stuff eh they'll pull out the cement which i don't understand man there's sense of design specifically for out exterior use i i know but you try to tell an old school guy that yeah and they will dismiss you man it's just uh mortar for exterior load bearing walls and columns and exterior foundation walls and chimney must be type s mortar for interior walls and columns load bearing or not must be type n mortar for exterior non-load bearing walls and columns and exterior par parapets chimneys and veneer can be either type s or type n so we get into a bunch of that cement i know the rule three to one sand cement that's the old school way which reminds me of i love bumping into the old school guys with their hair coloring <laughs> It's always fascinating that they're like 20 years older than you and their hair is like a nice brown. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just let it go. Um, yeah. and, and then you tell them about any kind of uncoupling membranes or new waterproofing techniques or new mortars. And they just fucking dismiss you like they know. Like they, their, their go to expression is look at Italy. Italy yeah. is all built on sand and cement and look it doesn't crack it doesn't do anything it's just this is Italy it's perfect I'm like yes yeah. but that's a different climate yep. it's a different situation and every job is different absolutely so it's like you got it like you said at the very beginning of the show you got to evolve man but these old school guys are set in their ways right yeah. nobody does scratch code out in London area do they in your area I don't know because I know that's just predominantly in Toronto Dan, is there a particular job that you've done in your years that just stands out as a, one of the proudest moments that you, you had? Um, not really. Not really. Well, I mean, every job I take pride in. Yeah, but, but there's not one you're like, man, that was hard. And I pulled it off and now it looks beautiful. Probably in the beginning when I started with Covenant because it was, you know, Pushing, push my pushing my limitations to do better. Okay. Um, so I guess one of the one of the jobs I did was uh, um, an ensuite bathroom 
and it was had to have been 20 by 20 so a big room 20 yeah. by 20 feet yeah it was and that was an ensuite bathroom yes so it had car a car garage okay yeah above a car one of car those garage. ones yeah. yes okay so it had a freestanding tub in it uh double vanity the walk-in shower was probably you know, six by six or something no it's probably like 10 by eight <laughs> like you know double double controls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i've built those before yeah. i know Makes no sense to me personally, but <laughs> but I did one uh, that was uh, a much smaller space, so it had a, a tub, toilet. The vanities were on separate sides. Okay. Had a corner shower that was a walk-in shower, and the shower was probably say six foot by six foot. But in the sh- in the shower, they had it set up so that they had on one side, um, his had a control and a shower head on the wall, and on her side, it had like. Had a sh- the rain shower head on the ceiling, yep. and then her her hand handheld on yeah. the side. So it, it depends on on what the preference is for what they want. But I, I've done probably a couple hundred bathrooms for them, so I've seen a lot. So when cust- when clients go, you know, how 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 might this look with a niche, or what does this tile look like? I scroll through my phone, look at all my pictures, and like it'll look kind of like this, yeah. and they get an idea, and then and. Showing them that, they're like, oh, okay. obviously he's done that before. It gives them confidence in, in what your capabilities are. I know, but if you were to say, I've done a couple of hundred bathrooms, I'm pretty sure that you've tackled every type of bathroom. Pretty close. Out there, right? Like, yeah. what haven't you done? Um, thin panel porcelain. That's it. That's the only one. Yeah. I don't want the responsibility. I'll give it to the tile installer <laughs> or I'll give it to a fabricator. They could take the responsibility. Yep. But clients want that because of the lines. They don't want any grout lines, right? Yes. So in London, uh, we have a, a, there's a company called London Marble. Okay. And they do uh, um, acrylic marble, I guess you would call it. Okay. And they can do panels. They do shower bases. I've seen those before. Yeah. Right? So the odd time you'll have somebody who's like, oh, we don't want any grout lines to... to wash and our shower so we'll have them come in and do a do a, a lower panel and then do a, say like a six inch tile uh, accent piece okay. and then do a solid panel up top the accent piece is high enough that you're not going to have to worry about washing it but it gives you full clean lines top to bottom and easy to do easy to take care of are, are clients really that lazy that they don't know how to clean their showers like do people not rinse off I don't think so. I think it's more just age gets up there and they just they want to minimize what they got to do. That's rubbish, man. <laughs> like like my my personal shower is 10 plus years and it still looks like it's yesterday. Yeah. Right? Cuz I know how to clean it. Yep. I know how to like when you shower, rinse you rinse it off. Yep. Uh, like you take the hand shower and you rinse off the whole. And then yeah, sure, soap scum still builds up over the tile or over the glass, but then now you CLR it. You know, like you use some sort of cleaning agent yeah. once every few months and then it gets rid of it like they need to maintain oh then they have the argument about natural stone well you got to seal it <laughs> yes that's how it is right it's natural stone so there's a, it doesn't matter what rental we do you still have to maintain it after yeah. the fact right yeah. i think a lot of people they not a lot of people but some people will look at it and go oh it's all done i don't have to maintain it at all it's like no, your car right that's rubbish yeah you, you got to change oil in your car you got to Change the tires over the seasons. You know, it takes maintenance to take care of. It does, man. So how do you educate the clients to understand that better? Usually, for the most part, they're pretty straightforward about it. 
but um, they'll always ask, you know, what do I do to clean the glass or what do I use to clean the shower? And glass is uh, like uh, 80-20 vinegar water. That's always a good solution. Yeah, and that's actually yeah. on, on, they have a sticker on the glass that that's what they need to use. So it's always there. I leave that with the clients. They know exactly what to do. And then uh, with the tile, it's always just, you know, mild soap, give it a scrub, give it a rinse, weekly maintenance, and you're all good to go. Just keep it clean like you would your dishes. They're, it's porcelain. It's like your plates. If you think about it, it's like it's even worse because you're constantly using it, like you're bathing. And plus yeah. the chemicals that are inside shampoos and, and whatever yep. that you use inside there too, that affects the bathroom, the it shower. Does. It does. And that's where in having epoxy grout or, or regular grout comes into effect. Is if, you're, if you're using dyes all the time or, or harsh chemicals in your shower, it can wreak havoc with your grout. So you gotta, you got to explain that to the clients when you're done that th- this maintenance has to be done to make it continue to look new. It's just standard, man. Do you wash your car? Yeah. Like, I, I, I know Don't it's, look at it's my truck. T- t- <laughs> uh, truck, right? But it's like, it's so simple to us. Like, it makes yeah. sense to us, right? So, yeah. if, if you're, so Dan, if you were going to build your dream bathroom, yeah. what are you building? This is um, yours now. I guess this not, is mine. Oh, I guess you got to share it with a significant other. <laughs> so, you got to have a balance now. So, what would it look like? Uh, walk in, shower, um, curbless. Curbless. Nice. I'm not sure if I'd put glass in or not. I might not just have Keep open. Open. Yeah. I know. Um, rain shower head. What size? Big. 24? <laughs> yeah, it's big enough. <laughs> We've done bigger, but it, you get to a point where it's like, you know what? You got to run three quarter lines from the hot water tank. Or oh, lines so so run three quarter lines. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like you run three quarter lines. Uh, women don't like rain heads. Oh, they don't? They don't. The majority of women don't like rain heads. Off the wall or off the ceiling? Off the ceiling. Oh, okay. They don't find, uh, because every rain head that's proper requires air behind every nozzle, which slows the water down, which doesn't, I guess they think it's not really bathing me. Ah, But a rain head is not about bathing. It's about experiencing, right? That's why I love my rain head, right? If I want to just scrub and scrub, you have the hand shower. Yeah. Now, do they like body jets then? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the volume behind there. Exactly, but then, yeah. But then body jets, and I know that I've had plenty of arguments with plumbers about it. All body jets should have three-quarter lines. Oh, yes. Minimum of four feet. Yeah. Minimum. Ideally, if you can try to get a, a trunk like 10 or 12 feet, three-quarter line right to there, all the better. Even loop it. Yeah. Loop it from the volume control, right? So that'll give you a straight horizontal, right? Yeah. Instead of a Viagra-less kind of line, right? You know what I'm saying? So they love that. They love the hand shower, but they don't, majority of them don't love rain heads. Yeah. Men love rain heads, okay. which is really odd, don't you think? It is. But okay, so sorry, I interrupted you. So. Rain head, big. Curbless rain head. Um, no glass. No glass. Probably a bench, probably like a more the more the newer European style where it's like an open concept. Yes. Um, floating bench? Yeah, I can do floating bench. Okay. Uh, it's. Nice vanity, keep it clean. Probably do a floating vanity too. Wait, we left the shower already? Just one head? Oh, probably a handheld in there somewhere. Maybe and body some bodies and body jets. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, yep. cool. Uh, the drain? Probably do a linear drain. Linear drain. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Now, now we're out of the shower. Actually, probably you could probably, if you put glass in it, make it a steam shower. See, that's the trade-off because. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. I've never built a steam. I've never experienced a steam shower, but I heard it. The benefits are like huge. Yeah. But you need full glass and a louver. Yes. And the ceiling has to be a curve on an, or on an angle. It's got to be on a slope. Yeah. It's got to be on a slope, right? So we all know that the water droplets will burn your ass. Literally will burn <laughs> yes. your ass yes. when it drops off the ceiling. So there's like, it's a give and take kind of thing. Now you're enclosing yourself. And I don't yeah. know if I want to enclose myself because I like the idea of no glass. Yes. Mm. I did a steam shower this year and slopes actually did two. Uh, slope ceiling and with the units that generate the steam, three minutes and that room was just yeah. white. You couldn't see through it. I know. It I takes know. no time at all. So what's on the wall? What are you using for tile? Uh, large panel porcelain. Less grout lines, cleaner look. Make it clean, make it simple. That's it. Yeah. Same, okay. with the f- same with the floor. The floor? Yeah. Large panel? Large panel. Large panel, good for stepping on with wet feet. Or you'd have a bat math, bat math anyway. You'd have a bat math. Yeah. You would have one there anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. But I'd, do, I'd probably do heated floors in there as well, both in the shower and in the, oh, in the other place. For sure. What people don't realize is that if you do a heated shower in your floor, or sorry, a heated floor in your shower, um, all that water that sits in your shower, it evaporates. And there's no reason for uh, bacteria to go in Mildew, there and grow, build up, all, all kinds of shit. It's evaporating. It makes cool. a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's I know. just a matter of getting that thought process into people to understand the reasoning for it and, and the value of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I got to figure this out. And I know that a few ESA agents are listening right now. <laughs> um, do you have to have a separate line for the heated line going into the shower separate from the actual floor of the bathroom? I don't think so. But you have to, I would assume you'd have to have it in either in an uncoupling membrane or an un- uncoupling mat with uh, possibly a waterproof membrane over top. But then it have to be hooked up to a GFI. Yes, but it I always, always has to be hooked. Up I to always a GFI. get the Sparkies to hook up the whole bathroom to a GFI. Well, it'd actually be two because it'd be have, two. You'll have one GFI for the for the vanity for the and vanities, and the second one is for the the in floor heat. Yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah. So, and then also, if you're already building that kind of a bathroom, you have another GFI for your toilet because you've got a heated seat yeah. and a bidet feature kind of thing, which yeah. is also a must, I think, in my opinion. That's yeah. just me. Once you try it once, I guarantee it, you'll Never always want to use it. So, uh, I mean, the ESA guys will tell me about that, but I, was, I think I was told early on in the days that they had to be separate. The line that goes into the shower has to be separate from the line that's in the, the, the rest of the bathroom. I don't know why, but I don't that's know. That's a pretty small line because if it's, say... Uh, four by five, that's 20 square feet of it's water. 20, well, they make lines that small. Yeah. 20, I think the smallest one they make is 21. Yeah. Now the Schluter boys are listening right now and they're yeah. like, no, that's not right, <laughs> man. You should know. And I was like, kiss my ass again. So, okay. So now you've got double vanity. Yep. Wall mounted vanity. Yes. Easy Wall mounted faucet. Yep. I that do works. like those. Yeah. Gives you a, a distinctive look. But to all you clients out there, understand where the faucet's supposed to hit. There is a drop zone. Yep. Right? They don't understand this drop zone shit. The, the backsplash. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. that, that faucet, when it is in full open and it hits the sink, the drain, it has to be just behind the drain. Yeah. If it's on the drain or ahead of it, splash everywhere. It's yep. guaranteed to splash everywhere, right? Yeah. So they don't understand that. They just pick pictures and go this one, this one, this one, this one, and then we install it, and then it's like splashing everywhere, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah, wall-mounted faucet for sure. Wall-mounted uh, vanity for sure. Uh, toilet, probably wall mounted as well. 
You like them? They're not bad, but they move. They move? I don't care who you are. They move. Okay. I think if you're a mouse, they still move. <laughs> it depends on how you got it framed. If you're, if you're using the, the carriage. Yeah. And I get it. Totals is a really solid carrier. Yeah. Um, like everybody's got a solid that you got two by six and you're anchored. Like you're using stupid bolts. I get it. It still moves because you can't lock that toilet china no. super tight. Against either drywall or tile. Well, yeah. hopefully it's not drywall. It should yeah. be tile. But you can't refit. No. So if you can't refit and you sit down on it, it moves. I get the ease of clean. You know, your Swifter goes right underneath and gets rid of all that yellowness. You know what I mean? Especially if you got boys and kids. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'd rather have a just toilet seat right on the floor and just a skirtless. Right? Yeah. That's you get it. the ones without the, the sides and just exactly. a straight line down. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. nice, too. So what, uh, what else is there? Uh, you can actually get a toilet with a bidet built into it. I know. I, I put one of those in and had uh, it's like 6000 bucks for the toilet. <laughs> But it comes up the remote, and when you walk in the room, it lights <laughs> up, and it turns the heater I know, on. I know. <laughs> when, when Kohler first uh, announced their Numi toilet, yeah. I think this is like seven or eight years ago, and the price tag was $12,000 just yeah. for the toilet, eh? Yeah. It has all the features and everything like that. And I was like, that's insane. Who's going to buy that? Then you quickly learn Total sells Neptune at twelve or 14000 yeah. at the time. Yeah. Now you can get a Neptune toilet. I think at the last show I was at, it was like $23,000 for a fucking toilet. There's a market for it because they're making it for somebody. <laughs> but that's the funny thing is I would talk to Kohler and they'd be like going, we can't keep them on the shelf. Yeah, We've already sold all of our stock. <laughs> then they came out with the black model because of Drake. Okay. Right? So Drake's got three of them, I think, two or three of them in his house, right? In okay. Champagne Palace. And uh, and I remember it was a service tech. He actually had to go to the house and, and service it. And just, it was like, like, it's a tune-up. It's all it is. It's all electronic. It's so yeah. tune-up. Right? But then the black one came out and it was an additional three or four grand. Welcome to the 70s with the pink toilets. I don't. And the blue toilets. <laughs> that's not. And I, all you people listening, do not get a black toilet. No. It's the worst, man. Dust. Yep. You'll, you'll see everything. It's like a black car. Yeah. It's the worst. Stick with the white toilet or whatever. Um, or like yeah. go light gray or something like that. But We did a, um, did a medical center and we put condo units above each, each, on each floor. Probably three units in each floor. Okay. And the, the toilet and the tub... And the faucets were all colored, and they all matched. Nice. So it was kind of interesting, interesting concept. So it was, it was like fire engine red and, and navy blue and, and bright orange, like distinctive colors. And people just loved it. I would like that. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah. be expensive. Yeah. I remember there was one client, uh, she suggested she wanted a gold toilet. Okay. And I started reaching all that shit out and researching all that stuff out. And uh, they're stupid expensive, man. Like, there's gold that's cheap. Yeah. Then there's proper gold toilet. Yeah. And it's like, it's a car. It's the price of a car. So the, the whole toilet was, was gold? There's gold plated on or something like, like that. Like brass gold. Yeah, I don't know what it was exactly. But I was just like, that's just stupid. I mean, it never went through. Never went. Yeah. We ended up going with gold tile. Gold tile. That was okay. the extent of the gold, right? You got remember you got to live with it after I leave. <laughs> <laughs> you do right, but I, I, I like it doesn't. And the tile was beautiful; it's all beautiful. It was great, but I just keep thinking gold member. You know what I mean? I keep hearing that gold. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It just kind of sticks out, and it's just like it's gaudy after a little while. You're right; you got to yeah. live with it after that. Yeah, it it might be a trend where oh, it's great for the first year, and then after that, it's like oh, you know what? I think just 
I'm tired of this. <laughs> Would you put a towel warmer in your bathroom? Yes. You like them? Yeah, they're nice. Have you found one that's nice looking? No. <laughs> you got to go to Europe or Australia to find the right one. Yeah, I agree. They, they, they have the, the right ones. I know. So why can't we bring those? Is it a CSA or C- I think it is CSA. C- what? Not CSA. Is it CSA? Yeah, I think so. Okay, whatever. The governing body, electrical body, whatever. It's crap like that, right? Yeah. Because it's electrical. Yes. You but there's some that are water. Yes. If you're doing a, a water heat on your floor, have it run up through your your uh, warm your shower walls yeah. and also where the towel is going to be. Yep. There's lots of different ideas. So that's your bathroom. That's your ideal bathroom. Yeah. And the missus likes it as well, too. She'll live with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a little green book talk here. Avoiding back pain. It's fitting. Talking to a towel <laughs> installer and contractor. And MSDs. What's an MSD? MSDS sheet? MSDS. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know. What is that? Um, Got it. Okay. Muscular or something. Okay, cool. The way you lift a heavy object could reduce your risk of injury. It may not eliminate the risk, but it can reduce it. So there is some logic in lift with the legs. Yep. And uh, I know we've had Dimitri on the show, and it's all about the hinge point. It's all about the squatting, lunging. Like if you build... You want to build your body, you build your legs. Yeah. Simple as that. Everything sits on your legs. Tips. Keep heavy objects close to your body when you're lifting alone. Always squat and lift using your legs. Avoid bending over and lifting with your back. When lifting an awkwardly shaped object alone, squat and lift. Everything squat. Object, walk up length. Everything squat, squat. Lightly tense your torso muscles when lifting. Avoid turning your body too far to either side. Doing so could hurt your spine. Yeah, that's the one thing you should not do is twisting yeah. while you're holding something heavy, Take right? Your back out. So, Dan, Covenant Construction, everybody. Reach out to him. Dan at covenantconstruction.ca. And it's also on Instagram and TikTok. Waldo underscore the underscore Tyler. Where's Waldo come from? Dan Wall, but Waldo. <laughs> So when I started, there was another Dan in the office, and my boss just started calling me Waldo, so it became Waldo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Dan? Where's Waldo kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I just, did, I didn't get lost. I knew where I was. <laughs> uh, Dan, because you've been in the game a little bit, and also yeah. West Coast and East Coast, and I, I, and I love... Um, or not so much the East Coast, we more central. But I love that we've had Larry here on the show before a few times and talking about the West Coast and what they're doing out there. And there is a slight difference between the two. Um, I mean, what are, uh, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that the younger guys that are getting into this business doing wrong? Learn the business side. The work side's easy. Yeah. The work side, you can figure out it's how to run a business, how to price jobs, how to deal with clients who don't want to pay, um, getting that knowledge, having that, having that backer, having somebody to talk to when you get yourself in a pinch to get you out. You got me thinking about, uh, I don't know if you heard the show with Avis and Avis was here, Avis Concepts, and then they started growing. The pricing? No, not the pricing. Um, Avis is the business, the, the okay. home integration, and then they started an HVAC chapter, plumbing chapter, okay. electrical chapter, development chapter. Right. I think there's value in a, in one tile getting together with another tile installer, another tile installer, and having a trifecta yeah. of, of a guy, you know, like a group of trial installers that work together instead of working by themselves. You have your, so that being said, you each have your specialty. Yeah. 
You also have the, the ability to buy in multiples because you're using all the same products. So right now, prices of, of materials are fluctuating up and down. Huge savings if you do that. Right. If you can go buy a, a bundle of hydroband board as opposed to individual pieces every, every week, you save money. If you can buy a skid of, uh, say, 4XLT or uh, Trilator or Thinset, you're going to save money, right? It, co- it covered what you save covers the rental of a, a storage bin or, or a garage that you put it in. You know what you have. It's there, and you, you, it's good for, all, good for everybody. It's not a bad model to think about it. If you're a young tile installer yeah. and you get along with two or three other tile installers... Join forces, man. Yeah. The other thing is, is that if you do that, you have the ability to, um, you have that, that support system. So if you want a second opinion on a job, you know, you have somebody, hey, can you come, come with me and take a look at this? This is how I would do it, but I'm questioning, I, have, I, have, I need another option. Client wants to do this. What do you think would work great? And then you, you have that person or people to, to bounce ideas off of, because obviously, you know, like I said, we get into jobs, we're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. You walk away, it's like, I'm not going to do that. No, I know. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. Plus, you can always borrow their Makita variable. Exactly. And then they can borrow your Makita variable. But if you're working with Dan, you're going to have to borrow his DeWalt. That's right. Non-variable. Nobody borrows from me. <laughs> I honestly think it's a good, and I think that you guys can help each other out. And it's always better to have one or two more people that will help you carry stuff. And yep. It's a pain carrying lugging all these bags of cement and mixture that we need. And yeah. uh, I, I just, I'm looking out for the young guys. I, I just yeah. like, listen, we're all young and dumb and, you know, like we super strong and we, we're healthy. And listen, that shit changes really quickly, man. And if you don't take care of yourself, it'll change dramatically, man. And you don't want to be that um, incapacitated tradesperson later on in life, right? Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, 100%. You know, if it means spending you know, a thousand bucks on a towel clicker and it's going to save you from walking from the second floor to the, to the garage to cut a tile and you're going it, to, it'll, it'll pay for Dust itself in the first and two water days. and everything. Yeah. I know. Your setup time, your takedown time, your travel time, all of it. Space to store it. Yeah. Here's a question for you that I think should be on the TT Mac test. Are you a smash the bucket apart the next day when the mix is all wet dry or clean the bucket when the mix is still wet? guy i clean up the day before there you go you, <laughs> you just passed you just passed i don't have a beast mixer uh silicone i don't scheme, even think that <laughs> works well i just don't get it it's like why bother i don't get it man just it, it takes nothing to scoop out whatever's yeah. left over you're cleaning the tools anyway. you're cleaning the tools exactly you're cleaning the tools anyway yeah so just wipe the bucket yeah and we all know buckets are gold oh yeah, yeah. gold on soft sites right they went from like two or three bucks to almost 10 bucks a bucket now it's Are you kidding insane. me? Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody, and I won't share this, but he gets his buckets from a different business. Yeah. Nothing to do with construction. Yeah. And they have buckets. Yep. But they smell a certain way. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, your van smells like, and I goes, yeah, I don't care. But they're all free buckets, okay? Yeah. So I get it now. It makes sense. And I go, okay, I, I'd live with the smell. But it's not a horrendous smell. It's just a funny smell. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep an eye out on Marketplace, you'll have uh, florists who run nurseries. Yeah. Right? They use buckets. 
uh, winemaking places. Yes. Have buckets. Yes. Uh, and just keep that might be out. a dangerous one, though. True. <laughs> but usually you can get them for like two bucks a bucket or, or free. You got to go out and get it, but it's a free bucket. So if you can walk out with, say, you know, 20 or 30 buckets, that's going to last you a couple months. Oh, Didn't cost you nothing except for your guests to go get it. The worst thing I ever did, and I'll give a shout out to ProSol for this, right? Because <laughs> I know them really well. Okay. I walk in there and I'm about to leave and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need some buckets, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, I don't know why, maybe I was smiling a certain way or my hair was parted a certain way. He was just like, listen, just take the 20 buckets, no problem, no charge, right? And I'm like, okay, all right, thank you. I took it, brought them, put all 20 they were gone by lunch. Gone. <laughs> Buckets were all gone. All 20 gone, gone, gone. I'm like, how did this happen, man? I didn't even know. Like, it was almost like squirrels came out of nowhere and just took all these buckets, man. See, what you got to do is you got to get in touch with your Ardex rep or your pay rep or your weedy rep because they make these They're getting buckets. strict. They're getting oh, strict, the man. Like, the, you ask them for buckets and they look at you as if you just ran over their puppy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, no, I want some buckets. You guys have a bunch of buckets. Then you go to their factory, the warehouse, and all you're staring at is skids of buckets. You're not even paying attention to the information that they're sharing. Yeah. They're just sharing. I'm like, you're staring at buckets, pallets and pallets of buckets, of man. And I'm like, you guys don't understand how valuable those things are. But yes. mine were gone within hours. <sighs> I was listening. Uh, you had a guy on, I think this week, and uh, or maybe it was I don't know when it was. Anyway, it's all a blur. Oh yeah, <laughs> an old guy, and what he was saying was that he'd, he'd take his grinder, and make, he'd uh, put a, a, a mark in the bottom of the bucket so he knew that it was his. It was uh, Mar uh, Kevin. From, I think it was Tools in the Trade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he knew exactly, and then he. <laughs> well, it's I do the same thing with my batteries. So all my batteries have my 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 dad's initials on them, right? Okay. So then whenever I have a tray come back in, and I see it, and all of a sudden I look at the battery, and I see the initial, and I was like, where'd you get this battery from? Yeah, and he looks right. at you going. <laughs> <laughs> so i already know who's got my batteries that's the first thing i do any new tool i'll just engrave it right away yep uh, yeah uh, but they still take it oh yeah uh, i yeah. just like i was a little peeved about the buckets man see that's where working alone is nice because nobody bothers you mm. you, get, you get somebody come in two or three times a week just to make sure everything's going good i bet you still if you brought in a 10 buckets and you left it there and you're working alone, you turn around, they'd be gone, man. <laughs> I only take what I need. <laughs> the rest of these are my story. Your truck will be on four buckets, eh? <laughs> yeah. They would just take all. <laughs> all right, Dan, you ready for the 12 questions, man? I am. Let's do this. What is your favorite construction word? You're all done. What is your least favorite construction word? Um... I wrote a bunch down here, so let's see here. Cool. Don't worry. There's no. You could cheat. You could look at your notes. Oh, here we go. Change worker order or field inspection. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Getting to the site, and you have drawings that are ready to go, so you're just, you know, exactly what you're walking into. You get a set of binder with all the information in the drawings, specs for the components going in, locations for electrical plumbing wouldn't that be nice everything huh? wouldn't yeah. that be nice that's what we do it's nice <laughs> what turns you off in construction uh, pe uh people who aren't open to new ideas of doing things um they think oh i've just been doing this for 30 years the old no school changing. italian guys man yeah yeah i bump into the old school portuguese guys too <laughs> i'll blame both of them what's your favorite curse word i try not to curse you try not to curse. Yes. Good for you, man. 
I gave up on that try. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? I'm a classic car guy, so anything, you know, 50s or older or new. Are we going GM? We going Ford? Probably Dodge. Dodge? Yeah. In the 50s, 60s? Yes, like Chevelles or, or stuff like that. Bel Airs, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. The, the, nice. Eh? The original stuff. I'll always stop and look. Yes. Like I just, it, it just makes me stop and look. Yeah. That's all. You get a nice old Fargo or a nice Dodge truck. They don't make that anymore. No, no. It's, it's, it's not like every car that's out there right now. That's the thing. It's it's true. Off. What's your least favorite vehicle in the entire world? I pull a trailer for work. So I'm going to say Mazdas or BMWs because they're always cutting you off and zipping in and out of you all around you. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> What construction sound or noise do you love? I love uh, the sound of noise getting or work getting done. So whether it be demo, just anything. Yeah, you know something's going on when there's there's noise going on. You stop for lunch, the noise stops. It's a nice little quiet pause. Yeah, I like that. And then right after lunch is done, you go right back and it get back into it again. Yeah. That and the, the like I said before the the, the sound of a a tile clicker going across some nice glazed porcelain and you snap it and you get like a four foot strip of tile that just perfect but every so often you get that one little nick eh? uh, not very often oh not very often. often i use good tools and always keep an eye on the blade yep yeah make sure it's oiled yeah yep uh what construction center noise do you hate the roto zip cutting out boxes oh God, that's screeching eh? or the your oscillating sock Cutting into wood. Do they really need to put that much pressure against a metal box with a metal <laughs> blade? Like, it just makes it screams like horror movie scream. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's really, really bad. Yep. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day, Dan? What would a food truck? I love cooking. If I'm not when I was when I was young, getting into this, um, I was either going to be when I was finishing grade, grade twelve. I was either going to be in construction or a, or a chef. I did. I took a couple of courses at the end of high school that pertain to restaurant services, food preparation, stuff like that. Uh, I aced them, and I'm like, no. I know a couple of guys that went from culinary to construction. Yeah, and uh, I can see the connection. I can see the transition from that to that. It still works really well. Yeah. No. Well, maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe. What profession would you not like to do? Change the lights on windmills. You know, the big, I, I, oh, hate, yeah. I hate heights, so you can't get me up over You a ever see the videos half. when they have the GoPros and they have the harness? Oh, and I just look at it going, what's the point? That just puts, you're hitting right something going down. I don't, you're going to hit, there's a one in three chance you're going to hit something going down. One in four because the actual post, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't like heights that high. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Welcome. You've served my people well. Come on in. Well done. Yeah. Uh, there was one more question I wanted to ask you. I just I totally forgot it. I'm trying to remember what the hell the question was. I should have asked you about your kitchen if you're a culinary guy. Oh, my kitchen is just a mishmash of everything. No, but your dream <laughs> kitchen. What would oh, you dream build? Kitchen? Your dream kitchen. Oh. Uh, six burner gas stove. You know, uh, an island. Gas, but then convection inside. The yeah, gas with convection Okay, inside. all right. Um Butcher block countertops, nice big island to work off of. Lots of light. Light is imperative. If you if you don't do good light, 
everything sucks. Undercounter, pot lights on the ceiling, lights above the island. Proper lighting. Proper lighting. Yeah. Properly designed, proper lighting. We had the boys uh, from Assembly there talking about a lot about lighting and yeah. all new types of strip lighting and stuff like that. That was a good show. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. The other, the other thing I do is um, I've, I haven't seen it in person, but I've seen it on video where they, they have like uh, stone tops and the burners are set inside the stone. Yep. yep. You, you might have seen it at the, at the kitchen and bath. Oh, I heard it. It sounds like this. Ka-ching, ka-ching, <laughs> ka-ching. <laughs> ka-ching again. Yeah. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. Easy to clean. Um, now, do those, do those stay hot? Like, no, from, from my understanding, it's not. It doesn't stay hot, right? Okay. But I, when I say ka-ching, I mean, like, serious money, man. Yeah. Serious money. I've seen it. I don't... I'm a traditionalist, right? Like, I... I What's that Italian brand, Bert, uh, Bert, Bertatonchi? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like, that looks like an old school, modernized, beautiful looking range, right? Yeah. Gas and convection. Like, it looks beautiful. Yeah. I'm not a fan of separate cooktop and ovens, wall ovens, right? Keep I get, it all in one. Yeah, I, I get it that oh, it's higher. It's easier to take the turkey out there. And I was like, Ugh. nah. Maybe I'll do more squats so then I can learn how to do it better. But I, I like that the cooking, baking, and cooking should be in one station, right? Yeah. And I like a traditional-looking one. I personally don't like the wolves just because of the red handles, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of just like, oh, it's a red wolf. I don't like that, right? So I, I look at those kinds of fixtures, those kinds of appliances, and I think they look really great. Yeah. Is it proper value for your money? They're still expensive, too. They're oh, still yeah. expensive, right? And it's just like really, man, what magic can we do with a barbecue? What magic <laughs> exactly. can we do with a blowtorch, just a flame? Like, yeah. I mean, like, do we really need it? Sure. It'd be nice, but I don't know. It's, I don't know the exact price of it. I've seen it, but you also have induction versions of those too. Okay. So they have the stone slab that actually goes right across and now it's induction. And now you have to have that connection with the, the pot and pan and right. it turns on and it stays ice cold as soon as you turn it off. Okay. And it's super easy to clean. But my question is, what if you, I don't know, crack it? Oh, yeah. How do you, how do you repair it? Yeah. It was kind of like when the cars all came out and they had all the sensors in the bumpers. Yeah. And then I used to have an old beat up like a uh, Nissan pickup truck. And uh, I think I shared this once before. And I always was getting rear-ended. One year I got rear-ended four times. <sighs> I knew exactly what it cost to replace that fucking bumper, right? And so I would get rear-ended, and the bumper would save me, and then they would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, this is what it's going to cost you. You're either going to pay or we're going to go through insurance. So it was right. like, one, 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 one. Now you see new cars with all the sensors in the bumpers. And if yeah. you get rear-ended, how much does that cost now? Oh, yeah. It was 350 bucks to change my bumper. Yeah, That's all it was at the day, right? So I see all these extra technology things attached to stone and all kinds of stuff, and then if you break it, which could happen, yeah, what's that going to cost to replace that? So, so – with that induction like that, if you have, uh, say, a stone top, would it be whatever, if you have a, a kettle on it with a, a poor base, you can burn the top of that stone fairly quickly if you're not careful. Yeah. Right? It's the, it's the heat that transfers through that gives you a hot spot that makes it able to crack. What do you do when you have an induction like that where the, the, the elements are underneath and it comes through? I think what happens is you have to change all of your pots and pans. Yeah. And so I think that you get stuck in having to purchase. I had, I had somebody, a friend of mine, she just bought one and uh, she quickly realized I can't use any of the pots that I'm using right now. Ugh. 
So she had to buy a whole new line of pots. Yeah. And they're not cheap either. No. So <laughs> that's why I'm not, I don't know. Gas burner, throw it on there. Yeah. And use it. Heat's right there. I can use anything I want. Cast, yeah. iron, still it, whatever. I can use whatever I want. That's why I'm not a big fan of it, right? But yeah, you're right. Uh, dishwasher, organic yes. spin, side by um, sink, or yeah, probably probably dishwasher beside the sink. Uh, garbage can, organic, in a drawer somewhere, so it's not a, not out there. Um, stone tops, uh, natural or man-made? Probably man-made. Single or double sink? Probably a double sink. Yeah. Um, unless you're going with like a, a country style kitchen sink where it's the big porcelain double white single that sits in there. I do like those, hey, the aprons. Yeah. Like the cast iron kind of apron yeah. things. I do. They're, like they're heavy. You got to make sure that whatever is holding that up is built well. Properly? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what else? I guess. Uh, and it's gone. <laughs> uh, integrated fridge panels, fridges or and freezer. Depends on what the fridge is. If it's like a, a cabinet depth two panel or side by side or something like that, I guess it depends on what you want how it's how you want it to look when it's all done. Um, do you want it to do you want it to see the fridge or do you want it just to disappear with the cabinets? Yeah, I think I'm a mindset of it just disappearing. Yeah, I would always try to figure out what's behind there if it's like a closet or something and use that space to throw the fridge in. Yeah. So then it kind of you don't have this big box sticking out, right? Yeah. So then you get people come over and they're looking through all your cabinets. Looking I know. For fridge. Right? <laughs> just put a sign there. Yeah. Fridge, freezer, stupid. Yeah. Right. And then just go in there. And I was just curious. I'm always curious because I yeah. know that I've had a few of the uh, guys on the show and they're culinary guys. And I was curious because I'm stealing ideas from you. I don't give a shit. Right? <laughs> That's how I work. Right. So I'd probably do a hidden door somewhere with a pantry. In the I've done that before for a client. He yeah. wanted, he wanted a little pass through Yeah. and it was, you couldn't tell which one it was. Yeah. Right. And also it was the same client that asked me to build a fake wall to access his gun safe. Nice. Which was a six foot tall, 5,000 pound gun safe. Nice. That was interesting to do it. Yeah. And it really sucked that we put tile. They brought the gun safe in. Yeah. They put it down and cracked it. <laughs> so we had a conversation about, uh, can we repair that, man? And I was like, I got to take the safe out. Right, because yeah. I I was building the wall that was going to hide it after the fact, right? Wow. So we were built the floor first, we built the inside walls first, and everything, and then we had a place exactly. And and th those tiles were done a certain way that it was there's no voids. It was like this was all set for this, and then they just they lost the footing a little bit, and they just went down just a little bit weird, and it just cracked, right? Now in a situation like that, do you beef up the floor joists underneath of it? No, this is on concrete in the basement. What's well, concrete? Is it thicker there was no way we talked about that. Okay. We did talk about that. And I said, I'd have to bring an engineer at, at that point. Right. Yeah. Cause the, the, the live load on that would be a dead load. Dead load on that yeah. per square foot would be dramatically a lot higher than what it would never be 16. I think you'd probably have to do LVL every 12 inch. Yes. Over the course of the, it was about three feet wide, three feet deep and six foot tall. Yeah. It's a huge safe, man. Beautiful safe. No pictures allowed, Manny. <laughs> I don't want anybody knowing that this is here, right? So, no. and then we did the wall, and we did magnetics, like uh, magnetic uh, catches. Yeah. So I, it, and that was an interesting story because I had to find magnets. Yeah. And so I found a guy, and this was like right out of like a horror movie, man. Like the guy's like, yeah, sure, come by my house, and I sell all kinds of magnets. And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, I get to this house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> He's sitting on the porch. 
And I'm like, are you so-and-so? He goes, yeah. Okay, all right, no problem. Come down to my basement. And okay. I got my magnets in my basement. And I'm like... Because <laughs> we got 9-1. Wait to push the yeah. last one. I got my phone just like... <laughs> and sure enough, I get to the basement. And he did have like every magnet possible. And, um, oh. and then he started diving into the whole world of magnets. And what are you doing exactly? And all this other shit. And then I left there and fully knowledgeable and all this other crap. And then got out of there and... Thank you. See you later. Gone. Still have his business card. Yep. All he does is sell magnets. Nice. So we did little routers. We did a little uh, Forstner bits. Yep. Epoxy glued the magnets in there. We had a bunch of hooks along the wall. It was V. It was beadboard. Nice. And then we we knew which hook we had to grab to open up to break the magnet. Oh, and the okay. client loved it. He goes, "When yeah. you're staring at it, you had no idea where it actually opened or nice. what the what sauce hinges. It was gorgeous. <laughs> loved it." It was like, you'd have to really look at it closely to find out that there was a door here. Yeah. I love those little jobs, man. Oh, yeah. So, McCaskill, who brought you the bolts. Yeah. So, right now, he's got two of those going on in the shop. He's got them mocked up. He's got a nine-foot-tall one and a, and a, I guess, an 80-inch one. What do you mean, that? No, not that, but he's the, the, the hidden doors. Oh. So, he's, he's got two, that, two projects where they have hidden doors like that. I love hidden doors, man. Yeah. But he's got the, the panels on there, and they're all, the green all matches. So when you look at it, it's just. You can't tell. You can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell, man. Yeah. That's it's it, beautiful, man. yeah. Dan, thank you so much, man, for making the trek and being on the show finally. I really appreciate it, man. I hold a lot of respect because uh, you do some good work, man. Thank you. you. Do some solid work. Say hi to Chris next time if I don't see him before. or I say, I'll drop him a line. I really thank you for the bowl there. I'm not giving that one away. No. And I'll wear the, the tees uh, proudly, man. So. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for your time and thanks for your invitation. <laughs> Everybody, check them out again. Covenant Construction and it's covenantconstruction.ca and it's Dan at covenantconstruction.ca on Instagram. You'll find Waldo at Waldo underscore the underscore Tyler uh, on IG and also on TikTok. Yes. We're gone. Thank you, Angelina.